0: welcome everyone to the trident sports podcast i'm tim i'm wade i'm chris and here we go let's do it i've been reading books of old the legends and the myths achilles and his gold achilles and his gifts the <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> i don't know what just happened um it's been a long time since we've done this
1: it's been a few weeks
0: maybe a month i think it has yeah wow a lot has happened um so today i want to talk about vo2 max testing now chris you've been around a long time yep and i feel like you have no idea what it means
2: uh i have a general idea what it means i I know what it gets you i know the data that it gets you and that have you ever tested uh Yeah, when you first got the machine.
0: So it's 2011.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm sure it's changed.
0: And Wade gets it. Cause yeah. It was part of school. But it's still pretty confusing, right?
1: It can be. Yeah, if you let all that stuff get... Jargon. ...mixed up, yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, you should you should type in VO2max on the slow twitch forum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah, should. it's very No, confusing. you shouldn't do that. <laughs>
0: So, what do you what do you what So you said you know what it gets you?
2: Yeah, well I, well, I know like the net result is it it gets you your target zones, your heart rate zones that you should be training in.
0: Which is good for what?
2: Uh, which is good for well, I mean, it depends on what kind of training you're doing. <laughs> if you're doing endurance <laughs> training, you want to train within a certain zone for all your long runs, and then maybe you take a different approach for your short workouts where you go more high intensity. It it just gets you to where you need to be in your workouts. It tells you what you need to be doing during your workouts. Like you need to stick within this range of heart rate. Is that your final answer? (laughs) Is that not what it is?
0: Well, like I think you started to go down that path that was very confusing. Like you just started to make it really high tech and confusing.
2: Well, I mean, there's what? There's five zones. Not really. No. But But I mean, you only pay attention to what? Maybe three of them.
0: No, so the industry gives you your five zones, but I really just like to use two zones, like your training zone and then your upper, like your threshold, your hill repeats, things like that. Right. Otherwise, you just have your normal zone. So like the Wednesday runs, yeah, you're hitting threshold. Yeah. Probably going down the hill, because going up, you're pretty much already popped there. I mean, it really runs quality going up that big hill. Right. But so... I think bottom line. So this, this, I had somebody. I've done a lot of tests last couple weeks, and this somebody sent an email wanting to test their, I don't know, high school kid via 2max test, and I finally just, you know, replied back, why it's it's 175 dollars. Why would you do this? This It's not going to change the way she trains or he trains or whatever. Like there's no point to it for a child. So, your, so during a test, what is established is your most efficient fat burning zone. So at that heart rate, you can go all day long or within your body's
2: limits. As long as you keep feeling.
0: Well, not even feeling. So even if you bonk, your heart rate doesn't really change. You just physically can't move. Mm-hmm. But if you dehydrate and or your electrolyte gets out of balance, that way your heart rate will then go through the ceiling because your blood is getting thicker and your heart's working more, you're going to feel fine, but your heart is just going to be racing through the roof. That's where you're more at risk of an injury. But if you just stay at your heart rate zone, you're burning more body fat, you can just do more. And then the next thing that's established is really your anaerobic threshold or your lactic threshold, and that's pretty much your point of no return. So once you hit that number, so like if... I'm 160 and I go to 165. I'm there for two minutes, but let's say yours is the same and you're there for nine minutes. You could be fine. I could actually not burn body fat again for another seven to nine hours because I just my body won't go back. So your body goes into shock, but no one knows how long that takes, so you just want to stay away from that area. So everybody who throws up at mile nine of the run in a half or a... Full Ironman usually wasn't on the bike too much, and on the run, they just throw up. That's how I roll. Yeah, the bike can't handle the lactic acid. So, I've made myself stay in threshold four minutes before just to see what happens, and I was physically sick the rest of the day. So, it's it's it has some very um catastrophic effects, or it will. Um, so that high end numbers basically don't go there, right? And then, so then after that is your true VO max, which is your your VO max is your true point of failure still not your max heart rate you'll you'll never hit your max heart rate I mean if you do you're you're dizzy you're nauseous yeah like you're not your hands are tingling like that's that's kind of a the big myth but your VO2 max is your true point of failure where you breathe in oxygen and you breathe out oxygen you can't go any faster you're at the you're at the limit but um, that VO2 max number so let's say I don't know what was yours way do you remember I don't remember
1: It was like 50 something, 60? I think it was
0: in the 50s, yeah. So, the highest one I've ever tested here, and there's been a bunch of those guys, they were in their 70s on the run. So, if you're that high at that age, like I think Armstrong was 86, Prefontaine was 93, and these guys are in their 20s. So, obviously, to be that high at that young is pretty high. But if anybody that's in their 70s here who's in their 30s, then they're those kind of numbers they are genetically gifted and that's you know a lot of the fast guys I can name here but their VO2 max of that 70 or whatever doesn't really matter that'll change and drop throughout the year but you're not gonna make it an 80 if you were a 70 you can manipulate a little bit with weight or you can get a little bit better but the reality is that number doesn't matter it's still your point of failure but you train your body to do more to lower heart rate then you just become more efficient a better athlete. so I mean, I used to be at a 180 heart rate all day long, and my coach made me slow down and and train my heart rate, and I was hating it, but I did it for, I don't know, six weeks or so, eight weeks, and then all of a sudden everything flipped, and I, you know, riding at a 128 heart rate at 14 miles an hour, then all of a sudden, you know, the one day I woke up when it flipped, I was riding at 18, you know, at a 128 heart rate. So everything just kind of jumped up, which I know to a lot of people, 14, 18 doesn't sound like a big deal with that's a huge deal that's massive yeah that's, I mean that's a big.
2: one mile per hour difference is huge
0: yeah so it's 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 also you know like someone ran this morning and she said that you know after a couple of miles her eye was just jumping up to 130 or uh, 170 she couldn't get down had to walk I mean she was basically overheated and or electrolyte imbalance maybe dehydrated probably not but that's where if you throw salt so, I mean, my trick is I can tell when salt leaves my body. It's it's very distinct. I have no way of recovering from it other than getting salt back in. And salt, to me, I just break open the packet, pour it underneath my tongue, hold it there as long as I can, take it in sublingually, and then I just chase it down with the water and swallow it. And within minutes, my heart rate just drops. So, I mean, that is my magic thing. My deal is salt. You know, and that's, that's, um know, anyway, I kind of got off on a tangent, didn't I? Um, yeah. Just say, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but my, I mean, I used to be able to survive at 180 heart rate all day long. And then after, you know, spending years doing this, my fastest half, which I think was a 530, my average heart rate was 133 the whole race. So I was able to flip it. And I'm not a slow twitch person. You guys both are. I'm a fast twitch, you know, body type. But,
2: yeah, what, uh, what do they call that? A like mesomorph or something?
0: I'm not that thick. <laughs>
2: I forget what they are. That's totally... That's not Wayne what though. I
0: am, though. Wayne's a mess of more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. um. So, but if, like, if someone knows their numbers, it's impossible to get injured. So, like, what's your longest run been, Chris?
2: Like, training run?
0: Yeah. Like, in the last month.
2: Oh, in the last month? Uh, I don't know. Eight, nine miles, maybe?
0: What's the harder you see the most? Like, you're comfortable heart rate zone oh for, rate. The, for a run yeah I'd say
2: 150 155
0: so just like guesstimating those numbers if I said go run 20 miles and stay at 145 heart rate you cannot get injured because eventually your body's gonna start shutting things down and you're gonna be walking at a 145 or barely moving so that's where people keep pushing through trying to push that mileage not pay attention to heart rate and they get injured
2: oh right, right, right but for me I know that's my I mean that's my golden zone for the run
0: yeah, yeah, but you've you you made the comment too because you used to be a gadget guy that years ago you've kind of figured out that if you go by feel, you're good.
2: Yeah, I mean most of the time. I mean I still look at my watch just to look at it just to make sure. But most of the time, if I'm feeling good and I look down, I'm like, oh, I'm within that 10 beat kind of window anyway.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people will set um, <clears throat> like once they get alarm their zones and stuff, they set an alarm to go off when their zone goes up and, you know, whatever. And to me, that drives me nuts. Who who has ever gone on a run, look down and go, oh, shit, I've been running an hour. You're like, no one loses track. <laughs> Typically, you look at your watch every three minutes on the average of when songs change, and that's where, you know, you're not going to lose track and just run out of, you're not going to force gump it, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't have, a, my alerts are all food-based.
1: What? Well, just because. <laughs> when it tells them to eat. Yeah, oh, when it tells uh, me to so. eat or
2: drink, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you. I got too. Yeah. Well, especially on the bike. On the run, that's easier. But on the bike, like you get in a groove and, you know, sometimes you're feeling good and you're like, I don't want to put anything in my stomach, but you need to.
0: Right. and You know, and that's, that's. but to me, that's where you go by feel, you can kind of tell. But no, I, I totally lost track of time yesterday on the bike and it was like, okay, I've been out here over an hour and... That's because you're about to die. Haven't taken any calories <laughs> in. Yeah, like it's time, like... Time uh-oh. goes a lot
1: different when you're...
0: On death's door. Barely <laughs> holding on. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think the hardest part for people, even after they get their test, is staying in that zone. Right, like they they don't believe or they don't understand fully that if they train at that zone, you will get better, and well, you you're not going to get hurt. And I had the same issue, you know, when I first started here. It's I was always just going out and hammering everything, and then you know, you're completely blown up and it's hard to recover. But then now, I mean, probably this last year I've been really focusing on those zones and I noticed that I am getting faster more consistently. Like I don't have one or two races where I'm fast. I I can consistently see that time dropping down.
0: Well, I think it's the ego part of it and that if you, you know, you're with the group, it's hard to let the group go. Yeah. I have learned that I'm okay with being the last one. And if I, Start to feel good and start to pick it up. I'll catch you. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm like all about how I feel and how I run. Like I'm not gonna push it and blow up and, you know. But anyway, yeah, it's the it's the peer pressure that really will get you.
1: And especially in endurance events, like if you do your race at your numbers, you're gonna be better than if you try to stick with somebody that right. blows up the bike. Because you will see them on the run if somebody blows up the bike, and you will pass them on the run if you're sticking to your numbers.
0: Well, and that's the thing too. So, run your run numbers and bike numbers can be twenty beats apart. So you can't go across the board. Yeah, you can't go use your same numbers and go across the board with it. That's Mm -hmm. where you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think too many people just don't want to take the time to test. Or and your numbers change. You know, like I've I've tested so many times that I could I could do a test on myself. I don't need to because I know exactly what my numbers going to be. But there's people here who wake up and if their heart's a little bit high in the morning they don't work out like they think they're they know they're about to get sick their body's telling them hey we need to rest or something else is about to go wrong so I mean there's your heart will tell you everything though like it's I tell people you need to use it as this the the dashboard of your vehicle it's your tachometer it's your dummy lights it's all of that and then when things starts going off if you wouldn't ignore it you wouldn't cover your dashboard and drive from here to Dallas all week not knowing how much gas you have not knowing how fast you're going like you wouldn't do that so why do you do it in your body yeah like, that's the body's most important part in that your your heart doesn't ever get a break if it gets a break you're dead you know so it's got (laughs) to keep beating the whole time but
2: so so how does that fit in with like isn't there a trend right now to kind of train by power like that's the big thing right now like looking at your wattage um isn't it kind of this wouldn't it kind of be the same thing
0: well ideally use both so power is is your true power so the best way to explain it is like if your bench press is, let's just say 100 pounds.
2: <laughs> That's generous.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> but if your bench press, if your max is 100 pounds, you would not train with 100 pounds. You train at 75 or 80. And then when you do a max test, you would throw 120 on there to see if you could do it. That's how you would do it to get stronger. You don't work out at your max the whole time. So, the theory is if your max is 100, then you train at 75 pounds that time where 75 is tough then it's time to force recovery now your heart rate will also mirror that in that your heart your body's going to be more in shock but power is just your pure strength so all power does on the bike is eliminate the 3 week build and one week recovery cuz some people can build for 5 or 6 weeks is it worth spending thousands of dollars on oh yeah it's nothing you. you're not going to look at yeah But if you have it on the trainer, then you can use it there because it's even more controlled environment. But if you don't have it in a race, then it's kind of pointless. But it's just a way of measuring getting stronger. Same with squats or whatever you want to do. It's just another way to measure your strength for that. For the bike. So it's not
2: it's not any data that you would look at like in conjunction with your heart rate and say, oh, well, I can override my heart rate for this because my power's this. Nope. It's all in conjunction.
0: Yep. So in Galveston a couple years ago, I was using power racing training. It was the same year. Um yeah, it was the year we failed miserably at Tahoe. I hate that we keep talking about Tahoe in this race in this podcast. Um <laughs> but I was I was I was racing Galveston. I think I was on a relay, but I was doing the bike by power and I was going out we had a tailwind i'm doing 30 miles an hour i'm feeling good heart's good power's good and we turn around coming back and my my speed dropped considerably and i immediately wanted to freak out and try to you know pick it back up but i realized my power was exactly where it should have been and nobody was passing me so everybody was being affected by the same headwind and that's where had i pushed it up to 22 are a little bit faster than I would have blown up on the bike. But that's where power just prevents you from blowing up. Cause it's, it's literally the strength you have.
2: Right. But so, I guess heart rate basically would have told you the same thing, right?
0: Yeah. But it probably would have been too late. Like, you know, you can't lift 50 pound dumbbell for two minutes. Like, you know, you can't do that. And if you do, you're not going to so move your arm.
1: what's the, like, if you're about to peak, like, can you go above that threshold and then back off, or once you go over it, is it too late?
0: I mean there's a point in a race where you can get pretty close to the top, but there's a there's a number where you can't maintain that for over an hour.
1: Yeah, but so let's say you're you know you're going your hammer and you realize you're hammering too hard and you pull back. Yep. Is that you can safe? Back, you can pull back and recover. Yeah. It's when you stay at that point right. till you blow up and then it's
0: then no. you're yeah. Like then your, it takes you longer to recover. Your
1: lactic acid's too built up to.
0: Well, know. yeah, you've probably hit. You're probably in threshold. I mean, you can recover,
2: you... but your race is over. Yeah, like you'll you be. Re- you, next morning you'll feel great, <laughs> or you'll be okay,
0: right? Yeah. So well, I mean, you'll probably end up throwing up. As soon as you let the lactic acid settle in your stomach, then you're gonna be done. So, but yeah, it's that's where you just got to pay attention. to All this stuff. You either go by feel, understand what that means. What the feel means, and not worry about the ego and everybody else around you, or, you know, you you follow the numbers. the the thing is, like the golden rule or the the saying I always like to use is, if you ever have to ask yourself on the bike, I wonder if I'm going too fast.
2: You're going, you're going fast. too
0: fast. And it's the same with going slow. If you ever think, wow, I wonder if I'm going too slow, you probably are. When it feels right, it's right. I mean, it's. You know, you don't have to. If you have to question it, you're you're probably trying to convince yourself to keep <laughs> keep hammering. But anyway, I think that's all I have on that one. That was a lot. You guys, you guys didn't really say too much.
1: <laughs> no, this was your this was your spotlight tim
0: I know it always is.
1: I'll give you
2: some anecdotal. It is a bitch when you first start if you haven't done it before the training.
0: What?
1: Slowing down.
2: Yeah. Why? I don't, it just, no it's one a pain likes to in the ass. Slow.
1: if you're first, if you're not first, you're last. Well, it's just <laughs> counterintuitive. Bobby.
2: Unless you've been doing it a while. Right. Like I get it now. I live it, but man, that first couple of months, you're just like, what the hell is this?
0: I agree. I've been there. I know. It's a long time ago, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> Later. Later.